0: From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. S&P 500 Index now trading below its record, 21.38. We have got the S&P 500 Index climbing 8 points, up by 4 tenths of 1%. Just about uh, 13 minutes to go ahead of the close on this Monday. Dow Industrials up 88 points to 18,234, a gain there of 5 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ is up 34 points, a gain of 7 tenths of 1%. The 10-year down 21.30 seconds with a yield of 1.43%. Gold down 3.70 the ounce to 13.54, a drop there of 3 tenths of 1%. And crude oil down 95 cents, 44.46 right now for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate Crude. That is a drop right now of 2.1%. So again, recapping, stocks are higher, but off their session highs, the S&P up 8 to 21.38, a gain of four-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Charlie Pellett, thank you so very much. Time now for the ETF report brought to you by National Realty, providers of 100% satisfaction guaranteed near. City Realty Investments. See them at nria.net. Gold up 28% this year. That means a lot for some of the biggest gold ETFs. For this now, we turn to our own Catherine Cowdery. Gold has climbed 28% this year as investors turn to havens in the wake of the U.K.'s Brexit vote and as traders cut bets on the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates this year. Bloomberg Intelligence Analyst Eric Beltunas on what this means for the biggest gold ETF, the Spider Gold Shares, or GLD.
2: GLD has taken in $13.5 billion dollars. That is by far the most that's taken in any year, and we're only halfway done.
1: Baltuna says there's broad-based interest in ETFs in this category.
2: You look down the precious metals ETFs, you see 15 different ones have taken in flows, none of them close to GLD, but still, it means somewhere out there, people are buying different types of precious metals ETFs. That is a sign that the depth of the concern in the market uh, right now is great because it just means that people are using a different variety of flavors to start to work gold into their portfolio.
1: Balthuna says investors are turning to gold as a crisis hedge and to diversify their portfolios in a time of volatility. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Katherine Cowdery.
0: This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio.
3: Searching for income in a yield-starved world, Scott Davis is Senior Portfolio Manager and Head of Income Strategies at Columbia Threadneedle Investments, and he joins us now from Boston. Uh, Scott Davis, thank you very much uh, for being with us. I wonder if you could tell us some of your strategies to run the Columbia Dividend Income Fund, the ticker symbol there, GSFTX.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Um Yeah, I think one of the things that does make us unique is dividends are never our first cut on a stock, actually. Um, We actually look at what we think sources the dividend, and for us that's sustainable free cash flow from operations. And I I think that's where uh, oftentimes people get confused. Um, A lot of people will talk about dividend yield, and and we we prefer to talk about actually income generation and looking for companies that can – you know, uh, generate decent income, uh, but from their cash flow from operations. That's how they fund it. That's what makes it sustainable over time, and and can grow that over time. Um, that that that's key to what we do.
1: Well, that sounds very sensible to me. Uh, what what would you say right now is distinguishing companies that you know meet your hurdle, that pass that bar, and those that don't?
2: Uh, again, what we do is by, uh, first of all, we do two things. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are concerned that some of the dividend stocks have gotten overvalued, and I think there are areas where, where there is real overvaluation. Um, but what we are trying to do is we actually make, we don't think dividend yield is a value metric. We actually use cash flow yield. So most of our companies still are, you know, our average pre-cash flow on our companies is about 5%. Market is down under 3% currently. A great example of a name would be something like a Johnson and Johnson. Um, you know, it, this you know this company has been in business since the Garfield administration. Last of the AAA balance sheets. Uh, you know, trades at a market multiple, but uh, has great free cash flow yield and growing free cash flow. Uh, and has uh, basically has a dividend yield above that of a ten-year Treasury, and compounds it at about seven percent per annum. Their dividend.
3: And I was going to say, Scott, that the year to date, the Columbia Dividend Income Fund is up about eight, a little bit more than eight and a half percent, and that's almost twice as good as the S and P 500.
2: Yeah, I I think you know some of the things that really have helped us this year is the focus on quality. Uh, yield has obviously helped, um but I think you know if you look at um, what 's gone on uh, for six months uh, in the market and for the year it's it's sort of a, a tale of two cities i mean one where and one there some people are sort of playing momentum like recovery in energy stocks that we 've seen, but a lot of people really do seem to be uh, seeking out this uh, stability and and you know I think that our focus on quality has helped us there
1: so what is the challenge going ahead uh is it uh the the economy growing, getting more strong and uh, the market broadly rising more. So people say, oh, well, you know, why should I put my money in a dividend fund when I could go for something that's got more growth or more momentum?
2: I, I think, yeah, that is a risk. Um, I w- we'll see that with, with certain dividend stocks. But a lot of the companies we own, we actually own uh, stocks across the buckets of yield, uh, you know, if you, you so, so over 80% of the names in the S&P pay dividends. Uh, we're not just buying stocks for dividend yield, we're buying them for total return. Uh, so, you know, you could have a company like Merck, for example, that, uh, you know, may react to the fact that they have a drug that may come, you know, be used as a first line, uh, treatment, uh, with lung cancer, those types of things. So we're always looking for things that actually drive stocks beyond just the fact that they're yield vehicles. I noticed
3: that you got a large holding in Microsoft, and I'm wondering whether you could comment. You also have Apple uh, right. about investing in technology stocks uh, based on the criteria that you described, that cash generation.
2: Uh, well, one, I would say one of the things that we think is very important is remaining um, – uh, diversified uh, throughout sectors. Um, Some of my people that I compete with now are 50% invested basically in consumer staples and utility stocks, and uh, so they're almost running sector funds. so we, we do try to keep it, uh, diversified across, um, industries. So we do play in technology, for example, and you have names like Microsoft, and that's a company that, you know, a few years ago, people sort of left them for dead in, in a lot of ways. And they've done a great job. The new CEO came in and really has done a great job of transitioning this company to one where, uh, you know, people think of them as, uh, one of the leaders in, 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 uh, uh cloud, for example. and, and so it's a company generating tremendous free cash flow. It's probably, you know, it's growing revenues. It's growing income, and, and those are the names that you tend to like. Um, Apple is a stock that we do own. They're generating a tremendous amount of cash. They have some growth challenges right now, and uh, but we would tell you that we probably think that th- that sort of troughs this year, and uh, so uh, that may be an opportunity too.
1: I always think of um- – energy being at the opposite end of the spectrum from technology, right? It comes yes. out of the ground, it's crude, it's black, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Exxon Mobil is your second biggest holding in the Columbia Dividend Income Fum- Fund, as Pim just said. GSFTX is the ticker symbol. Uh, so what uh, what is your outlook? Is it because of Exxon particularly, or does this also reflect your view for energy companies more broadly?
2: Well, one of the things we did in 2014, once oil prices cracked, um, you know, it's I work with uh, two other people, Mike Barkley and Peter Santoro, and uh, we've all been in the business over 20 years. And uh, so, when you see oil prices crack the way they did, that wasn't our first rodeo. We went through that in the 1980s too. And so we actually de-risked the portfolio and went to companies that we thought had great balance sheets and, and, and just great position. Um and ExxonMobil, that, that's one of the reasons that we hold this stock. Um I think one of the things we're seeing now though is we are seeing a supply response dramatic to dramatic, uh, cutbacks in CapEx and, and I think that that has allowed oil prices to stabilize and so we actually do think that, you know, there's a good chance that, uh, you know, supply and demand is, is coming uh, it's being matched all of a sudden, and that's probably a good thing for oil prices. We tend to play with the companies that historically, you know, just have great balance sheets and, and companies that we know have staying power. Um, I will tell you, we'll probably lag with an ExxonMobil if oil prices go up dramatically. But it didn't go down dramatically. Actually, as a March, it was one of our few oil companies that was actually in plus territory. So, it, it's the way we do a lot of things. Uh, we tend to play stocks with lower volatility and 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 that's been sort of key to to a lot of our shareholders.
3: Scott maybe just to offer up the example of TJX uh companies because they raised their dividend in March 24%. But that kind of illustrates uh, your your focus on on cash flow.
2: Yeah, and and one of the things that we're always talking to people because again, people make the mistake of focusing on dividends first and And we actually think that dividends, uh, you know, actually are the residual that you get from great business operations. Um, And TJX is just a great example, you know, where they increase their dividend over 20%. um, it's a company that has consistently grown their dividend for 20 years. What I love is the the, the statement that is actually made uh, by T.J.X.'s management, and they, they say, you know, with our tremendous cash flow and excellent financial returns, we remain committed to returning cash to shareholder while simultaneously reinvesting in the business. That's what we want. We want companies growing their business and growing their dividends.
1: Well. I think a lot of us want that, so Scott Davis, we're very happy you joined us today. Scott is Senior Portfolio Manager and Head of Income Strategies at Columbia Thread Needle Investments. Coming up, we're going to be looking at the movers and shakers at the close. Our stock setter Dave Wilson, will be back. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox. This is Bloomberg.